You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Peg. And this is the Run for Your Lives podcast. This episode is the adventure film, is it The Ghost in the Machine? The, the, the no. Ghost in the Shell? Go- Something about light and ghost, dark. Ghost of Christmas Past. The the movie about the, the dead guy who loves pottery. Ghost. Just go- No. Um, no. 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 Oh, 1996's The Ghost and the Darkness, directed by Stephen Hopkins. At least October 11th, 1996, starring Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. That's what we're doing. Okay. 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 I was a little <laughs> bit afraid that maybe I didn't watch the right movie. All right. We, we're we on the right page. We're good. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, this one has been suggested to us by probably no less than five or six people. Yeah. It keeps coming up a lot after we covered Beast, so... Now we're going to do two lion movies in one season. Uh, Why not? They must be our uh, featured main attraction. Ha. These kind of movies are a point of pride for our podcast, in a way. Yes, Um, Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, Peg, the thing is, two lying movies, shouldn't we just tell the truth? Yeah. Yeah. But we can't. We can't do that. No. No. We're going to keep on lying. All right. All right. (laughs) anyway yeah so i was happy to finally sit down and watch this one i have never even thought of watching it before it just i don't know you haven't seen this one before no this was my first time i really thought you had seen this and Mm -mm. that's where you knew about the you know tie-ins and why people were recommending it okay so this is a first for both of us even though it's been out for a while i like that yeah I had never even heard of it until people were bringing it up. So <laughs> I heard of it. It wasn't something that was on my list to watch. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. And I'm glad I watched it. It fits in with the Run for Your Lives world. I get now why people suggested it to us after we covered Beast. Yes. Because it for makes sure. perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. We will get into covering it soon, as we do. We'll kind of talk characters and storylines and things like that. Jump around all over the place, mm-hmm. like a lion leaping from rooftops to, and rocks. And uh, do that. But before we get into the analysis and, and discussion, you always have some fun production notes and things for us. Yes, I do. So it was filmed at the Song Gim Velo Game Reserve in South Africa. The screenplay was written by William Goldman, and it was based on the book The Man-Eaters of Savo by John Henry Patterson, The Man Who Killed the Lions. It's a fictionalized account about a pair of lions who terrorized the workers who were constructing the uganda Marabasa Railway and Bridge around Savo, Kenya. Bruce Stambler won the Academy Award for Best Sound Editing. Oscars. Mm, I know. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? 
with the way that we record things, of course, this is going to come out after the Oscars, so we really can't talk about them now, because it's that past-future-present thing with our yeah. recording schedule. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, as we're recording this, the Oscars are this weekend, but as you're listening to it, they were last weekend. Uh, but I did a Wilhelm episode that I plugged last week, if you listened to the end mm-hmm. of the episode, so there is that. <laughs> the budget was $55 million. It grows $75 million at the box office, was 110 minutes long. Paik, bring on the synopsis. All right. A bridge engineer and an experienced old hunter begin a hunt for two lions after they start attacking local construction workers. See, it seems so simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Easy peasy. But the old hunter doesn't appear in the film until about 45 minutes in. Right. <laughs> He's there. Yeah. He appears out of thin air. Like a ghost. Like a darkness. I don't know. Um. (laughs) (laughs) With this one, Uh. I just didn't know what. Like, going in, I thought, the ghost in the darkness, what is it? Is it about the lions hunting at night? Or what is it? And it's actually what they named the lions, the ghost Mm -hmm. and the darkness. Yeah, it's their tag team name. I like that. I dig that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone needs to pick up on that. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, One of the things that I noticed right away I wanted to mention is that Val Kilmer was in his prime. I was really glad to see him uh, brought back for Top Gun Maverick, even for the little bit that he was in it. I think they did pretty well with with having him appear. It was nice. Yeah, have not seen that one. But I was glad to see him in this. Even though looking back, I got a little sad thinking, oh, man, what could have been? Yeah, but it was great. Yeah, it was cool to see him in this. Uh, It's a serious movie, but I also laughed quite a few times at little things that happened in it, like comments and quotes from different characters made me laugh. Yeah, but I feel like, Pake, we should just jump into it and do it the way we always do. Yeah, let's go for it. So, I mean, the first character to to talk about has got to be Patterson, right? Uh, <laughs> I think so. So, yeah, uh, we, but we do pick off, or pick off, that's not a word, the thing to say, but we do uh, start off. off. <laughs> kick off, start off. <laughs> we, we start off with Patterson talking to Beaumont, uh, where they set the scene. I was like, oh, the main characters are British colonizers, so I'm supposed to root for the lions immediately. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Right? Deal. Uh, I can do that. But uh, yeah, so this massive douchebag, Beaumont, decides he's going to send Colonel Iceman to Africa to build a railroad. And and Iceman Patterson has got a kid on the way. And so he's got ample reason to make it quick and get back. Doesn't quite work that way, but that's what he's thinking is going to happen. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of knowing a little bit of what's going to happen. Clearly, I know kind of the synopsis of the movie going into it. A little bit. I know there's lions involved, and I was just like, this thing could get a little hairy. Uh, they could use the services, which I love that then they have Charles Remington show up. I was like, okay, we got a great hunter coming in because I was just like, can you handle it on your own? I think you might need like the services of like a Spencer Dutton or something for anyone who's watched 1923. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so he goes, he's there, and we know that a movie does not take place in Africa unless. You spend a decent amount of time doing your best National Geographic and showing several shots of African animals just existing in the plains and the water and the wild. 
<laughs> it's even better when you ride on the front of a train. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you go to the bathroom when you're riding on the front of a train. I mean, what do you do? Don't you're go against the there. wind. It's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think practically, and I'm sure it was delightful to sit there because Sterling said he got him the best, you know, the best seat in the house, but <laughs> like, you can't do it. What if you need it? I, I don't know. Practically, it just didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were going to do. He said, turn around and fire away. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, so, so Patterson here, John Patterson as a kid was probably an African animal boy as opposed to a dinosaur boy, like a lot of people that you know. Um, yeah. Uh, the guide, uh, Sterling actually kind of looks a little annoyed at first that he just knows everything about all the animals. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> oh my God. And then that's that. And he did. He reminded me of like a five-year-old kid that I, and I work with five-year-olds <laughs> regularly. Is that, and it's like, oh, did you know that there's also this? And then they also do that. And then there's also this animal that does that. I'm, I'm used to that. So that was yeah. definitely Patterson in that moment. His like five-year-old boy who's obsessed with all these African animals finally had his time to shine and he wasn't going to hold back. Well, I don't know, Pig. I learned a lot from watching this movie. I learned that giraffes don't require a lot of sleep. And I learned this amazing thing about hippos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they fart through their mouths. Yeah. I think my education is complete. I Yeah. There we go. Everything I need to know. Forget zoo books. I've got this yeah. on lock now. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> Absolutely. And they get to the railroad area. They're there getting things set up. Patterson hears about this man-eater lion in the area that attacked a worker. So he and Angus stake out in a tree at night. The lion appears. He shoots it, kills it. The end. 17 minutes and the movie's over. Wasn't such a big threat. Yeah. That's a- oh, no, that's not the main threat. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it continues on. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to sort it out. He, he just is like, I'm going to go sort this out. And he goes out to do it. And I'm just thinking, okay, well, I, if you want something done right, you do it yourself. I mean, he did pretty good with that first instance. He but. did. He did. You know, I think at that point he saved Angus's life because he wanted to go back. He thought he was just going to drop out of the tree and go back to the tent. There was a lion around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, but he was ready to go and until, you know, John stopped him. Yeah. So that seems the problem is seemingly taken care of for now. Get back to work, which Patterson is also super into bridges. So uh, he is the right guy for the job building this one as part of the railway. Uh, But then more lions. And so he's like, okay, same plan back into the tree. Let's shoot another killer lion, but it's not so easy this time. He lost his hat in the process and i was like oh so we're gonna see the lion stroll into camp wearing the hat the next night right but <laughs> no he picked it up so it's no fun <laughs> oh no that's a trey parker that'd be yeah like a trey parker cartoon maybe. right <laughs> yeah i got your hat see um <laughs> yeah so now the workers are too afraid to work during the day because of the nightly lion attacks Sure, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> at first, <laughs> they do start attacking during the day, and then it's like, okay, now you actually do have a reason to want a GTFO. Got it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, at first, I was just like, w- w- I mean, I kind of get the idea of like, we don't want to be here if we're getting picked off at night, but 
the whole we're not going to work during the day when we're all safe. I don't I don't know what that was, yeah. but <laughs> something does need to be done. So they do spend that day building fences, and barriers to protect themselves. They plan on building these big fires at night. It's good thinking. But I was like, mm-hmm. even at that point, I was like, that's not going to be the final answer to the problem. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more of this movie to go. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Patterson had a few interactions with Abdullah about the workers. And the sad thing is, you know, at the beginning when he comes in, John is this person that everyone likes. Like, they applaud him. He kills the lion. He's a hero. He's celebrated. And then later he's the pariah. Mm -hmm. And Abdullah is one of the ones that he has these conversations with, like, trying to get him to get his workers back to work. Yeah. He comes up with some good ideas. He has his contraption, as he calls it. He's got a strong confidence that he's going to stop this lion problem. Beaumont says he wants to hire Charles Remington. Uh, so I, at that point, I was still I was like, I still nominate Spencer Dutton. Uh, <laughs> he's really good at this kind of thing. But you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a whole host of people that we could bring in for this to mm-hmm. hunt these lions. But right. you have to think of the time frame. Yeah, that's why Spencer Dutton, 1923, this was like 23, 24, 25 when this is based off, so like that area. So yeah. he was in Africa at the time. I mean, come on, even though he's fictional and this was actually a based off a true story, but that's fine. We can find ways to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more like Roland Tembo from The Lost World. Like he could come in and take care of them, right? Yeah, he'd have to travel way back in time, though. He would, and I don't know if he. Then you have to, to get. Then you have to get Doc and Marty involved, and there's just this whole. It's yeah, it's a lot of work. It, it's a mess at that point. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of people were dying. Like, ugh, when when the the attack happened, and we had the wonderful Mahina taken away from us, mm-hmm. the one who killed the lion with his bare hands. Oh, I know. I, I love that. Like, literally, I made a note and then unpaused the movie. And then the next scene happened uh, where I said, Mahina, that dude's freaking jacked. Good to have him on your side. <laughs> unpaused the movie. And they went, oh, well, about that. Oh. Oops. R.I.P. I guess he's uh, not getting out of this one with his bare hands. <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> that was awful. Like, I was so disappointed because he was cool. And I, I liked that he and Patterson were having... You know, they got along. They had a camaraderie. They had an understanding. They were working together. And it's like, I got this great foreman. He's, you know, together we're doing this. We're we're on, we're on ahead of schedule. Things are going great. And then, nope. Everyone mm-hmm. goes into bed and suddenly it's over. But I think Patterson felt bad about all of that. Like, he, he wanted to solve the problem. He just couldn't do it on his own. Mm-hmm. The contraption did work on one of the lions. Uh, just not when Patterson was in there. There were some other guys in there, and I'm going, guys, you're supposed to shoot between the bars, not directly at them. That's, come on. Yeah. Same. I was yelling that. I also wondered, with as many times as they hit the bars, why the bullet didn't ricochet off and hit them. Right. Because they just yeah. couldn't seem to hit anything. And you'd see the lion, like, banging on the cage and pushing through. The, and I'm just like, stop. Point the gun, (laughs) aim, and shoot. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'm not in that moment, so I can't, you know, I'm not experienced enough to be able to tell you what I would do, I guess, or or 
It just makes common sense to me. Yeah. That that's what you would do. Yeah, but it really couldn't have gone more poorly. Well, I guess it could. They could have just all like burnt up on the inside after the lion left. So it could have gone worse, but it still it didn't have. go great. And uh, this still wasn't the worst of what happened. Like this wasn't, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as some of the later stuff. Right. And then uh, Remington appears kind of at this point, but I'm skipping over a lot because we'll talk about Charles Remington on his own. We will. A little bit later, but they go back out. They're like, all right, we've got a team together. Let's get out there do this thing like i said the you know the ghost in the darkness that is the tag team name of of these uh lions so now we need the hunter and the engineer that's the other tag team they're gonna face off for the rfyl world tag team championships yeah so (laughs) uh guess who i think is getting the belts well i mean we've already seen it so i can't (laughs) even though we've seen the movie and we know how it ends Mm. i'm still Go with the Ghost of the Dark. The Ghost of the Dark. Just because yeah. they're incredible. They, they're a pretty dominant tag team. Man, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the lines does come up on Patterson. Uh, kind of clever girl moment to the side. Yes. Doing its MGM logo thing. impression. Uh, yeah. And then Patterson fires and the gun goes click, clack, patty, whack. Now he's fucking boned. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not shooting. Uh, and then Remington yeah. runs the line off with a couple of shots there. The gun didn't work. And I'm going, what happened? And he's like, well, I, Dr. Hawthorne just gave me this gun. I was like, Hawthorne is the lion's inside man. He's working for the lions. <laughs> he just turned heel to help the ghost in the darkness retain their titles. Oh, my God. <laughs> he did, though. <laughs> he did. I think he's honestly from a rival like heel faction, though. I don't I think to. he's really connected. I think he expects to come in and steal the titles away yeah doesn't doesn't quite work that way for him but <laughs> no not at all yeah because uh yeah after the destruction of the hospital jumping ahead a little bit yeah we see that hawthorne has been hot torn to pieces so it's yeah didn't didn't go so well for him in the end no which, that which, was during yeah. the hospital attack that was yeah the oh. the new hospital while patterson and remington were holed up in the old hospital really yeah. spruced up the place with blood and animal parts you know it's the cow heads that really tie the whole place together they do yeah they they just draw you know it brings the whole design mm-hmm. together yeah in such a great way and then the blood on the floor and on the walls and then fires outside i mean really they yeah. basically laid out the red carpet for those yeah. lions to come in paradise and then they did the class the like the classic fake out Yep. Like, hi guys, we're here. And then, no. They well, that's, they were like, well, the Lions decided this old hospital sucks. Let's go to the new place. I hear it has a wonderful buffet. Yeah. And <laughs> it did. Mm-hmm. And that was truly sad. I mean, all of the people that died, no wonder Abdullah wanted to take the rest of the crew and leave. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's a lot of <laughs> regrouping and refiguring out. What to do here? This is a uh, much more formidable foe than even Remington expected, I think. Uh, so, you know, the hunter and the engineer may have lost the battle at the bridge, but, you know, but they are going to go after the lions, fight back, try once again to take those titles. They're going to run that match back. Yeah. Uh, Rematch. Yeah. So they, they go, which of course, then they just get to like this, like layer, this cave, and it's like they see all the bones. 
and they go, Oh my God. Oh Christ. They're hoarders. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, not quite hoarders. They basically (laughs) realize that uh, (laughs) the lions, like lions don't do things like this, but these lions were hunting for sport. They were Mm -hmm. doing it because they like the, the thrill of the kill. Yeah, and they're they're trying to run off all the workers and the stuff because they're. You see, the thing about these lions is, you know, they're not some supernatural beings. They're not the devil incarnate. They're anti-colonialist protesters, real activists. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they are. They're so misunderstood. No one bothered to check to see if maybe one of those lions had a thorn in its paw. Right. It could have easily been avoided by just huh. a little random act of kindness. Right. So really, it's it's all Patterson's fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, they do come up with this plan, though, to kind of lure them in. Patterson's built on this, I forgot what they called this thing, some kind of Indian or like contraption he learned in India. But he climbs up on top. I don't know what the actual plan with that thing was supposed to be. I do wonder how they got that built so quickly um, since all the workers left, but you know, <laughs> and there were only three of them left. So it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, well, yeah. Why with the, with the baboon tied up, which that baboon, you know, my baboon isn't great. I'm definitely not fluent, but I think I can translate what the baboon was saying. Something along the lines of holy fucking fuck, there's fucking lions coming here right the fuck now. Holy fuck, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Do something about this fucking shit. Why the fuck am I tied to this fucking pole? Fuck you, what the fuck? Something like that. Um, and then he was ripped away from the Yeah, pole. anyway. Yeah. I was pissed. R.I.P. Babish the Babish the foul-mouthed baboon. He's gone. Um, so disappointing. Yes. Yeah. So disappointing. <laughs> um, in the book, it's different. I think they use a donkey in the book. Mm. Yeah. They used a donkey early in the movie. When him and uh, Angus were sitting in the tree. Yeah. But yeah. But he falls off the thing anyway. And that's where I noticed, yeah, this pistol that Remington gave him. You know, never go into battle with an untested uh, weapon. Anyway, here's this pistol that I just came out of nowhere that nobody even (laughs) (laughs) saw. Breaking the cardinal rule already. But it was one uniquely powerful pistol because it could change a lion's leaping trajectory in midair. So that was Something special. <laughs> it's like a special ray gun that uh-huh. you would have on Star Trek or right. Star Wars, where you point it at the creature coming at you, and it kind of freezes them, slows them down, and adjusts their trajectory. Yeah, so de- yeah. deflected it away from him. So, because so this is a science fiction film as well. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, didn't see that coming, but it's an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that line does get taken out. You know. It, comes jumping at him from off the rock it's clearly the high flyer of the team but yeah remington gets the killing shot and i was like okay you killed one uh of them that's not really the time to celebrate uh no no that was ridiculous (laughs) and when john is having his dream oh i know and i did not realize that's what was going on at first i was so upset and so i was like the workers are all back and they're building again and again, I'm saying to you, movie, as I'm watching, Where's the other you line? killed one of them, the other's still out there. And I was like, so of course, Patterson's wife and child showing up. Definitely a sign of great things to come, right? Uh, no. But so then I was like, honestly, jaw dropped. And then he woke up and I was like, 
Okay, I was like, I gotta say, that was actually a great bait and switch dream sequence scene, and I will hand mm-hmm. it to you, movie. I was fooled. You got me. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't know why she decided to wear white. Like, that struck me, too, in the dream and at the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't think that's appropriate for being out in the wilds of Africa. Like, I mean, it's definitely cooler than wearing black. I'll give her that. I guess, but it's going to get so dirty. <laughs> yeah. And a baby in white? Oh, Maybe she's man. just planning on like staying in the station and in the area the whole time. She doesn't really want to go I don't traipsing about. Uh- <laughs> I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to go. No. 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 Yeah. But yeah, but it, it was a dream. He wakes up and he's like, oh, fine. Everything's fine. Oh, no. Charles is dead. Everything's not fine. Uh, yeah. You know, the screams that he heard when he thinks it's his wife that's screaming. It's actually Remington. Ah, that makes sense. And I got to say, the bloody scratches all over Patterson look really badass. Uh, looks great. And then, yes, he's like picking up this torch. And starts saying, you know, this like field on fire, and he's gonna, he's like, I'm gonna kill this lion. He's like, for Charles, for vengeance, for Wakanda. No, sorry, not that last one. It's just that <laughs> John Connie was standing right there. He had King T'Chaka with him, so I got carried away. But you know. <laughs> oh, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. You can't help it. Which I do. I was like, when when Samuel first showed up, I was like, they got freaking King T'Chaka, like King T'Chaka, working with them on this thing. Yes, lucky. They're good. They're good to go. Um. (laughs) he was fun i like the character of samuel but we'll talk about him more in a little bit Mm -hmm. so yes he they light that up they go back to camp patterson standing on the bridge looking out at the burning grass waiting to see if he's drawn the lion in and then surprise motherfucker right (laughs) 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 and we get our big final showdown good thing lions can't climb trees yes they can then why are we up here uh, that's a reference to something we haven't covered yet, but we'll. Um. <laughs> really? What, what is it? Well, you, you just have to wait and see. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> then the lion's like, it's over, Patterson. I have the high ground. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I have a rifle. Bang. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> done. Uh, and then now this time the workers really are back and Patterson's wife and kid really are there. And the rage fueled murder lion really is also not oh, there. It's fine. He's yes. gone. It's we're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was nervous though. Like, uh, I kept looking at the field thinking, Oh, there's going to be a third one. <laughs> yes. A mystery trios partner mm-hmm. that was going to come running out of right. the And there's the third lion with a chair. I don't know. <laughs> uh, who would have? So yeah, in the end, colonization continued so it's actually a really tragic ending huh uh yeah <laughs> yeah so that was that was the end it was at least with patterson we can circle back for a lot of different characters and things but yeah we de- there are definitely some things i think we have to move on to remington right Mm-hmm. even though he showed up like so late yeah um the introduction of, of Remington was said, yeah, and you mentioned this a little bit, the workers under Abdullah are starting to blame the arrival of the white guy for the whole problem, which, I mean, historically, it's not the worst thinking. Uh, <laughs> he kind of, Abdullah kind of does that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like when they're talking, it just, it's like stereotype. Mm-hmm. He's looking at him like, uh, you know, the white man. 
oh yeah well he was just like well i'm gonna take care of this problem before you guys don't worry about it and i like how he's just like well of course you will you're white you can do anything you you yep. want <laughs> yeah things before things go too south though that's when remington appears and he's got this group of tribal warriors with him we learn that him and samuel go back so i was like oh, that's good we can use a skilled hunter here uh but strange. I don't know about Michael Douglas as, as the renegade hunter. I loved it. I did? I loved Michael Douglas in this role. He had so much charisma. I thought it was perfect. I really did. <laughs> oh, my God. There's something I'll share when we get to behind the scenes <laughs> that's quite interesting about him in this role. Uh, no, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Listen, he just had this, like... Yeah, like this really fun charisma where like everything he said just had like this like equal parts seriousness and playfulness to it. And like, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and, and Remington has a good point and idea. He's like, basically, I'm the hunter. I'll do the hunting. You're the engineer. You build the bridge. Now you help me with getting my job done how I need you to so that I can leave and you can do your job how you need to. It's like, yeah, yeah. all right. He, you know what? Patterson wants to help him, but he doesn't want to listen when he tries to explain that these uh, more about these lions, that they're not like normal lions. They're different. Mm -hmm. He doesn't listen. He doesn't want to know. Yeah, they they go after him. And I was like, well, it's a formidable army led by a Marvel superhero. So this should take care of at least one of the lions. But yeah, nah. no, <laughs> that tag team championship match did not go so well. Uh <laughs> no, no. That was the first the first battle, and that is when the Ghosts in the Darkness took the you know won the titles mm -hmm. and defended them a few times in this movie. Yeah, till we got to a singles match. Yeah, <laughs> but then if you've got more about Remington, but legitimately everything else I had about him, I sprinkled in in the previous part. So I just I like I said. I just don't know about him in this role. I, I I guess he had a lot of charisma. I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> I just, I don't know who I thought should play the part, but he's just kind of one with the tribe and one with everything. And yeah. I loved it. <laughs> thought it was great. <laughs> I think he was a bit pissed off when John wouldn't take the shot or couldn't take the shot at the lion so that they could at least go, you know, fight back. I don't have any more notes on Remington. Like I, said, I sprinkled them in, but you've got more. No, I don't. Um, I, I other than. OK, so the only thing I was really disappointed when he got dragged away in the middle of the night, we never really. The last thing he says to um, Patterson is, you know, when you meet your son, hold him high. Mm -hmm. Which comes to fruition later when he actually does meet his son. Yeah. And he does hold him up, which, you know, was a special moment. It, that made me, I was like, oh, that's really nice because that was the last thing he said to him. And I just had this feeling when he went to bed. I'm like... That's the last thing he's going to say. He's Something's going to happen to him. And that was it. He was gone. And Patterson did hold yeah, hold his son up. And so the, the, the lion didn't appear. So that's going to be like, mm, popcorn human. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
No one wants that. No, we don't. So who's next on your list? I mean, I've just got a few assorted notes about other characters. Like, it's hard to just say like, oh, this character next. Because it's like, well, I've got like one note or two notes about different characters. But I've got it at least split up into other British dudes. And then like the characters we meet in Africa. (laughs) Okay, so why don't we talk about Beaumont? Just because we might as well get it out of the way. Yeah, which I only have one other note about him, which is that he is truly the worst. Um, but at least yeah. he did say that right off the top. So at least he he's really honest did. about his suckery. So there is that. He did. He told him right at the beginning, you're going to hate me. Mm-hmm. As for he says, is like he doesn't care about the men who've been killed, only about his own reputation. He doesn't want to send soldiers to help and protect because of his own image and pride. It makes him look weak. And I was like, hey. I've got a recommendation for the next vi- victim of the ghost in the darkness. Um, I, oh I, no- I, I can have a nomination that I can put into the hat. <laughs> I honestly, my note on that was I really want Beaumont to learn that the lions are just more than quote local wildlife. Mm-hmm. Like he can m- meet up with them and not come back. That's fine with me. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. He was a problem. But yeah, but that's sure. the only note I had about him myself. Yeah, I Yeah, I didn't like him right from the beginning. Even when he first starts nicely and then he says you're going to hate me. This is how it is. And then I guess I can appreciate that he said that because sometimes you want to know if you're working with the devil. Well, yeah, well I mean he introduced himself with I'm a monster. I take Mm -hmm. pleasure in making people uh, who work for me miserable and and terrorizing them. (laughs) I'm a terrible human being, and he wasn't lying. So, I mean, I said, at least he's honest about it. (laughs) I would have run for the hills at that point. Like, why would you subject yourself to that? (laughs) No one wants to deal with that. Yeah, because then when uh, Patterson meets Angus, and Angus is just like, oh, he may seem bad, but once you get to know him, you realize he's actually worse. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I might as well talk about Angus. Yeah. I, I liked him. He is trying to convert the camp. Yeah, he has the small goal. He has the small yeah. goal of converting an entire continent. Yeah. That's about as small of a goal as a small loan of a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but now he really just wants to convert Patterson and Samuel. Uh, which I like Patterson. <laughs> my mother was Catholic and my father was Protestant, whoever. So he's like, eh, been there, done that. Not for me. And I was like, Patterson, I feel you, brother. Same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm glad that Angus loves the manual labor because he found something actually meaningful to do instead. So it's good for him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I thought it was really funny that Samuel had a response to Sterling Angus about the situation because he just basically said i have five i have four wives yeah <laughs> so yeah, i'm good <laughs> I got i'm good i got four wives that's usually like no i guess he's not going to be converting mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so even though he's sitting here trying to convert people uh is yeah. still a pretty good guy i liked him uh he was killed sadly i was a little bummed about that. And then Patterson Me sits too. there and starts quoting scriptures about lions. And I was like, too soon, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was about Daniel and the lion's den, I think. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That, mm, no, that was really sad. I'm like, not him. Not Angus. He gave me a lot of, like, 
comedy relief just because he was always cheerful and happy and saying silly things. I just was down with it. <laughs> Until, you know, rabid lion Cujo decided to take care of him. <laughs> yeah, so then other characters, which I don't really have so much, just some of the like people there in Africa, which I've talked about again, with King T'Chaka being there, John Connie. Talked about Mahina, uh the the workers being like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna leave. Uh <laughs> which they first try and it was like, no, 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 it's gonna be fine. And then more people died in the hospital and they're like, Yeah, no, yeah. we're we're really just gonna yeah. go now. The lions can have the railroad. Uh they can use it to transport their gazelles and grooming stuff for their manes <laughs> just we don't need it yeah. they can have it uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah can we talk a little bit about samuel because we haven't like separated him out but I, there were yeah. some there were a few things about him i liked when he notices pa- how much patterson like loves his wife and he really you know likes her it was a weird question. Then, do you like her? And it was like, do you like her? Well, she's my wife, so I hope so. <laughs> and he basically says, "I don't like any of mine." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Oh, that must be a miserable existence." <laughs> <laughs> and he's afraid of lions. I'm like, "What? Why are you going on? And why? Why does Remington want him to go on when they go out?" <laughs> To attack, you know, to try when they go out to try to kill the lions. Why does he want him to go out? He's afraid of him, and he knows it. That's just like terrifying him. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, not okay. When uh, Remington and Patterson decide to go off by themselves after the first lion, they take no supplies really. It's just the two of them. You don't know how long you're going to be out there. You might need a few things. No, they have these magical belts that you light a match and it's like, you know, lights up the room, but it's on their belt. I thought that was interesting. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before Yeah, in any movie. Those were interesting. Wearable beacons. When the cat, when the lions were climbing the trees, I just thought, oh my God, the cat. Cats climb trees. Cats mm-hmm. get stuck in trees. Of course, lions can can climb trees. But these lions were super smart. I just kind of transitioned us out of characters to talk about the lions. Yeah, I mean, that's all I've got left note-wise, yeah. is, is talking about the ghost and the darkness. We don't know which one's which. They don't have, uh, you know, costumes or shirts that have, you know, their names on them or something. They're not wearing trunks with, like, the name on the back or anything, so... No. Just no. kind of uh, gotta assume, but uh, <laughs> the one with the darker mane is actually the darkness, and the one with the lighter mane is actually the ghost. That makes sense. I That's didn't notice any I difference read. in the manes, though, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention to even pick up on that. Yeah, I guess uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it it got very tense with their kind of them showing up. I was like, oh, another lion, which we see kind of just one because there's the whole reveal that, oh, there's two of them. Yeah. As one that was comes a big surprise flying down off the roof. But, uh, but at first you kind of see the one I was like, oh no, it was a big, lion. and it's after the breeze picks up and I was like, there's another lion and it brought a big fan or it can make it extra windy. And I was like, oh no, a lion with the ability to control weather. Oh, this is going to be bad. Um, <laughs> does, does that make it a member of the X-Men or the X-Lions? It could be. Is that a yeah. thing? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then even during the day, we just see it creeping around in the grass. 
you know, working up a plan, like, my name is Inigo Lantoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Like he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's working it up. Uh, and then I was like, oh, and then after uh, Mahina died, I was like, oh, look, African vultures in a movie they actually belong in. Uh, <laughs> you are all about the vultures. I love you? vultures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed it, you see like the tail moving and just like a little bit in the grass. And I was just like, it's the jaws of the plains. Uh, I literally started doing oh the God. jaws theme every time I saw the lion for in the grass for a while. I would just, the lion starts sneaking around. I would go, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, it's funny you should say that because there's something I will reveal when I get to behind the scenes. I wonder too, what do you expect to happen when you're trying to build a bridge in the middle of Africa where these lions live? Like you're just pushing them out of their natural habitat. So you expect them just to go quietly. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. And so they, they do attack. Then it gets, you know, middle of the day, they're attacking. And then I had a thought about the movie we covered last week. And I was like, we went from a movie that criticizes the use of dangerous animals in film to immediately covering a movie that uses so many dangerous animals in its production. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's like they had live zebras and lions and baboons and everything in this movie. I mean, really, this is run for your lives. We just transition to whatever. Right. We just, you know, switch back and forth. Yeah. But the attacks That's happen. What we do. They they track the lion through the little camp. And then so Patterson, Samuel, and Angus together, they come up on the lion. And he seems really annoyed to see them. He's like, come back after lunch. I'm on break. Uh, <laughs> And then that's when the second one appears, leaping down from the roof. So that's when we lost um, Angus Sterling. Yeah, I was just like, great. We're dealing with a dynamic, dastardly duo of danger and disaster. Damn. <laughs> danger and disaster. That's another great tag team name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when the first, they're first hearing about the first victim, they're talking mm-hmm. about the skin being ripped off. Mm-hmm. Well, when they pulled Mahina, when the lion's pulling Mahina, they showed him like, the lion ripping the skin. Mm-hmm. It was gruesome. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. But yeah, they, they're hunting the lions in the, the forest. And then I had it. I was just like, oh, God, one of the lions can transform into a zebra. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was like, that would have been extra challenging. Uh, but it was behind the oh zebra, so gosh. we're okay. Um, yeah, and then we talked about them, yeah, setting up at the hospital and what happened there, which, again, I was on this tag team mindset of these lions. So I was, as they started showing up, you know, around the uh, old hospital before they were like, it was up on the roof or something. I don't know, you're shooting up at the roof. And underneath. Yeah. They were underneath. Just, they were on the roof. They were outside banging on things. They were, it was quite an entrance. That's that their tag team entrance. And so I was like, you know, yeah, making their way to the barn. Weighing in at a combined 880 pounds from Savo, Africa. <laughs> RFYL World Tag Team Champions, Champions. The Ghost and the Darkness. <laughs> yeah, but then they decided that they were going to have the match not in the barn. They decided mm-hmm. to take it so it was going to be a false Count Anywhere match. Yeah, they just... we <laughs> Coming to us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which Daphne... Random little note while talking about lions. Did you know 
that you live in the lion's favorite U.S. state. No. I didn't know that. You did. How do you know it's the favorite? Because it is. What would be a lion's favorite U.S. state? Maybe Maine. No, that makes no sense. Okay. It does make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and so these these lions weren't fighting fair all the time because even when Patterson was up on the thing, and I was like, ah, they combined, you know, they, they 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 convinced the owls to be on their side. This owl comes swooping in and knocks Patterson off. So I was like, outside inter, you know, outside interference. Uh- <laughs> Who do they think they are? The Jericho Appreciation Society? <laughs> I know, just such uh, such underhanded. Use it to, to keep those titles. They got owls getting involved. They got Hawthorne switching guns for them. It's mayhem. Yeah. The heel team of the century. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's really all I have other than at the very end of the movie, we have like the Samuel voiceover that's going on. And he said something there at the end, which was just kind of really out of nowhere, but was actually really cool. And I looked into it. And yeah, so the Savo Lions are actually even here now in 2023 still on display at the field museum in Chicago. And I've been there. Uh, I went to the field museum in Chicago a number of years ago to see Sue, the T-Rex. But uh, I wish I'd have known about this at the time. Cause uh, so I guess I'll have to go back so I can see the lions sometime. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to have a little Chicago hangout time sometime in the future. Yep. Go see these lions. Yeah. And I know you need to go see Sue. You haven't. I know. So it's, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I definitely need to go. Got to find a reason to go to Chicago, Pike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as of right now, I'm all out of reasons why we would want to go. I'm not sure. But I'm sure we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. It's amazing. This whole thing is like a cross between wrestling. <laughs> what is this? A crossover episode? <clears throat> it's because Ben said he was going to do a WWE episode, not, and we couldn't let him just do that when <laughs> he's not talking about the best company that, that was, there is. That's in the Oscar episode too that we recorded. It is. Oh he mentions God. that coming up, and he was like, "Yeah, we're going to do a couple of uh, wrestling episodes coming up." And he goes, "Sorry, Pake, no AEW." And I go, "I know," and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look real quick and see if I have any other notes, but I think we've done everything. Um, So we never talked about the doctor, and basically he said that, you know, he was the only one that would hire him. So I was thinking, are we going to ever find out what he did to be only hired by Beaumont? But we never did, so I don't know what he did. (laughs) I guess it doesn't really matter. Nah. Yeah. You know what? That is pretty much it. I don't yeah. have anything else. So since we're all out of regular notes, I'm going to move to the behind the scenes. There are a few little tidbits in here you might find interesting. Right. So Stephen Hopkins has directed mostly TV shows, including 24, The Fugitive, 24 Legacy, which was the 24 reboot, Mm -hmm. and a 2019 pilot episode for the Dark Tower series that did not get picked up by Amazon. 
There's but somebody lo- else that can handle that that I think will do a much better job, so it's okay. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. But he has been behind several episodes of the various TV series that were nominated for Emmys, so he's focusing a lot on TV. Mm-hmm. So Goldman pitched the idea for this movie as a cross between Lawrence of Arabia and Jaws. <laughs> So I thought, can you picture sand sharks? But I like your idea of like the field, sharks Mm -hmm. in the field. Yep. It's great. (laughs) So the character of Charles Remington did not exist in the book, but was based on an Anglo-Indian big game hunter named Charles Ryle, who was superintendent of the railway police. Goldman pictured Burke Lancaster. Goldman pictured Burt Lancaster in this role. Both Sean Connery and Anthony Hopkins were offered the role but declined. They also had considered Robert De Niro. Michael Douglas, who is a producer on this movie, loved the script and served as a producer in addition to taking on the role Mm -hmm. of Remington. You know who else was a producer on this movie? Mm. Gail Ann Hurd. Yes. Very familiar to us. She's... Mm -hmm. Been a producer before on films that we've covered, and we love her from The Walking Dead. Yep. Although the character was initially going to be much smaller, it was expanded and given a history after Douglas had decided to play him. Goldman thought this decision ruined the mystery of the character that he had created. So... Other actors that were in the running to play Patterson include Kevin Costner, John Travolta, and Nicolas Cage. Isn't Nicolas Cage in the running for just about every role, like in every movie? I feel like that just keeps coming up. (laughs) So Paramount wanted to use Tom Cruise, but he turned it down. And Val Kilmer, who had just made Batman Forever, was a frequent visitor to Africa, expressed a lot of enthusiasm for the script, and that helped get the project financed. Nice. Although South African actors portrayed many of the Maasai characters, actual Maasai warriors were hired to depict those hunting scenes that we had. I know it should be no surprise, Peg, that Stan Winston Studios was behind the special effects. In addition to the full-body lion puppets, the crew built a separate roaring head for each of the hero bodies. The crew also built two close-up heads mounted to a harness worn by Rosengrant, who was one of the people on the effects team, for those shots where the bodies were not in the frame. The painting on the full-body sculptures was distinct, with it being lighter for ghost and darker for darkness. Only one scene uses an animatronic lion. The other lions were played by brothers named Caesar, who played the ghost, and Bongo, who played the darkness. They were residents of the Bowen Bowmanville Zoo in Bowmanville, Ontario, Canada. They were also featured in the movie George of the Jungle. Sadly, Bongo passed away at the age of 15. That was in 2001, which is double the lifespan of a lion in the wild. Unfortunately, the zoo itself had allegations of abuse and closed its doors in 2016. And I did go down a rabbit hole trying to find out what happened to Caesar, where he is, and I could not Mm -hmm. find anything. A lot of things got fuzzy after the zoo closed. Mm -hmm. 
On more than one occasion, a lion would break free of its leash and cause pandemonium on the set. We notice in the film when the first worker is dragged from his bed by one of the lions, others can be heard shouting Simba, Simba. Simba is the Swahili word for lion. Emily Mortimer, who's gone on to do a bunch of different movies, like she's had a long career. This was her first movie, and she played Helena Patterson, which is, of course, John's wife. Stephen Hopkins later said regarding the filming conditions that were associated with this movie. We had snake bites, scorpion bites, tick bite fever, people getting hit by lightning, floods, torrential rains, and lightning storms, hippos chasing people through the water, cars getting swept into the water, and several deaths of crew members, including two drownings. That sounds like a real good time. Right. (laughs) No. So Val Kilmer was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Razzie Award. But I thought he was the lead in this movie. Yeah, he would I would I would consider him the lead. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where who would be the lead if it wasn't him, Razzies. Yeah. <laughs> do your research, Razzies. Watch mm-hmm. a movie before you doom it. <laughs> I will give the Razzies uh some credit this last year though, where they nominated a child for her role and then Got rid of that nomination when they realized that was too mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little girl who was in the uh, Firestarter remake that came out oh this last gosh. year. Oh my gosh. And she's usually really good. So I think she just was in a bad film. Yeah. I never saw it. So Me uh, either. Either. But I'm glad that they retracted that nomination because to, to nominate a kid for a Razzie is just a little, little mean. Let's, That's really damaging. Like, yeah. To a kid. Let's not do that. Let's not. They need to be 18 and up. Yeah. So Patterson's 1907 book itself states that between them, the lions, no less than 28 Indian coolies, in addition to scores of unfortunate African natives of whom no official record was kept, were killed. After serving as floor rugs in Patterson's home for 25 years, the skins of the lions were sold to the Field Museum of Natural History, which we talked about. They were sold in 1924 for about $5,000. Upon arrival at the museum, the skins were in very poor condition. Despite the setbacks, they worked on it, and the lions, the lions were reconstructed and are currently on display, along with their skulls. Uh, so the location where the bridge was built is now called Maneaters Camp. It's in the Savo East National Park in Kenya. Um... A donkey, not a baboon, is used to bait the first lion, while Patterson's on that elevated stand. The second lion is killed on the plains, and not the overly dramatic way that it is in the movie. Mm -hmm. And finally, in a 1999 SFX magazine interview, director Stephen Hopkins called his experience making the movie a true nightmare. Michael Douglas, the film's producer, decided last minute to play Remington, causing tension with Hopkins even before the filming began. Douglas then had the movie recut in post-production, removing 45 minutes to give himself more screen time. This resulted in plot holes and unfinished storylines that left Hopkins unhappy with the final cut. Interesting. I didn't really notice any major like plot holes or storylines. Me either. You you mentioned like... The doctor really didn't have much anything. That's probably what got cut was some of that stuff. But like, eh, that's fine. 
I can see where you'd be a bit disappointed if that happened, right? right. Yeah, I get You've that. You've worked really hard on a movie and you send it in, it's everything's good, and someone completely recuts it so that they have a bigger role. The strange thing, though, I rented it on Amazon Prime and the audio was off from the video, like by just really? fractions of hmm. a second. And I noticed it. It kind of drove me nuts. Interesting. I tried to restart it. It just didn't change. Yeah. So I guess I, I might still be in the minority of people. They're going like, yeah, I think it worked out for the best because I still really love Michael Douglas in this movie. So I'm glad <laughs> I got more of him. Uh <laughs> it's not very often that you and I don't agree on something. Right. But this is one of those times. <laughs> well, we did it. We got we did. the whole film. That was fun. I hope people are happy with, with our discussion on this one. Yeah, I hope so. We had so many people wanted us to cover it, so I hope they listen and enjoy that. And as I'm saying that, perfect timing. I hope they wrote in and gave us some feedback about it as well. So Me too. Let me go see. All right, and we do have some feedback for this week. You guys came through as we were asking for asking you shall receive yes at least this week i appreciate that we've actually got quite a few uh bits of feedback from listeners all over the place and i i love it keep it coming guys maybe this was just like we struck gold this was the episode people wanted we talked about it that way so (laughs) they did so we are delivering it to them and i hope that when they listen they continue to love us (laughs) Yeah, we went too goofy this episode. But I know. It was a lot of fun. We were a little goofy. <laughs> so why don't you kick us off, Pake, with the first one? This one comes from Mo Favo. Says, so excited for this. Great book. J.H. Patterson had some very interesting adventures. It's great to hear your coverage of a biographical story. I loved Val Kilmer in this movie. Mo was one of the people that told us about this film. Yeah. Tony says. I love Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas, huge fan of both actors growing up watching Top Gun and Romancing the Stone and all of their other movies. Having them both in one movie, I really enjoyed their chemistry. Hope you liked it. I don't like hunting or using live animals in any form of entertainment, but this movie is an exception, probably because I saw it in theaters. Like with all the true stories, the true accounts are less sensational. The real lions were juveniles, no manes, and one had a bad tooth. Hmm, interesting. All right, and this next one right here comes from a listener. Garrett says, one of my favorites. I've seen it probably six times. Garrett was uh-huh. another one who suggested this movie for us. Nice. This one comes from Megan. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you chose to cover this movie. I watched it in the late 90s as a teen and absolutely loved it. I've been a hunter since I was age 13, and I went through a phase where I read all the novels of this famous big game hunter named Peter Hathaway Capstick with accounts of his real-life adventures in Africa. This movie reminded me of his stories, and I think he may have written about the real-life lions of Savo in one of his books. The film was fantastic, and it started a big crush on Val Kilmer that lasted a long time. Although maybe my crush on Michael Douglas was equally big. (laughs) I loved the juxtaposition of the greenhorn and the experienced veteran, the tense atmosphere the movie created, and the scenery. I haven't watched it for a long time, so my memory is a little hazy, 
but I distinctly remember the horror of the dream sequence where the lion attacks his wife on the train platform. And I think there was a part where the lion was on the roof and they could hear it walking around. Such a good one. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I hope to watch it again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. It's really good. Don't hear from you too often, but I hope we hear from you again. (laughs) And then this next one, this is a a new name to me. I think somebody I haven't heard from before. So thanks for giving some feedback here. This one comes from Chris says, I remember when this came out thinking, Hmm, okay. Is this a jewel in the Nile to out of Africa? (laughs) It could be, it could be, but I'm not sure about that. (laughs) You can submit your feedback like Chris, Megan, Garrett, Tony, and Mo by finding us on our Facebook and Instagram at run for your last podcast. You can tweet at us at our FYL podcast, email us at run for your lives podcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much all other podcast players, including YouTube. Go to runforyourlivespodcast.com for all the links you'll ever need and give us a review on Apple Podcasts as that's the best way to share the love and get us out there even more. We really appreciate it. We do. Absolutely. And of course, talking about sharing the love, go ahead and give a couple shout outs to things going on in the podcast universe around us. My other podcast, Strange Indeed with Rima. We are still covering you season four over on Netflix. We are in the back half and things are getting extra wild. It's been a lot of fun uh, having a good time over there, coming up with our own theories, being right sometimes, being very wrong sometimes, and just having fun with the ride the whole way. So yeah, that one's been a lot of fun. Uh, We've got about four episodes left of that coming up for you, and then we'll take a couple weeks off. And then Sweet Tooth Season 2 is coming back, and we're excited to be covering that. Love that show, so... I'm so happy that's coming back and we should be jumping on that one when it drops. So keep your eyes out, your ears out for that one. See other podcast stuff. Of course, the cast of us talking about the last of us will be dropping their episode. I guess it is out now. If you're listening to this, it should be out now. Their coverage of the final episode of season one of the last of us. It's out. The season's over. I'm kind of sad, but also really loved it. It was great. Um, It was. Hopefully we don't have too long to wait before season two. I know. It will be probably at least a year, Mm -hmm. which is disappointing. But I also feel like we have a lot of great TV to keep us busy until then. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So make sure to go check out that if you haven't listened to it. Their coverage is always great. Also wrapped this week, uh, Murder Magnets, the Poker Face podcast, their last episode of that, the season finale there was also this week with uh, Jason, J- uh, Penny, and Jade. So go check that out. And Greg and Penny still covering Extraordinary over there on the Extraordinary cast. So check that out. Star Wars TV podcast, or is it just Star Wars podcast? I think it's Star Wars TV podcast. Uh, but podcast, go to podcastica.com and you'll find links to all of the podcasts over there. So it makes it a little <laughs> easy, whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, Star Wars podcast, of course, the Mandalorian season three running right now. So they're covering episode three of season three this week. So go check that out. Interesting episode. I'm not going to say much, not going to spoil anything for anybody. Not going to get into that discussion. That's what that podcast is for, but uh, definitely a different kind of episode for the Mandalorian. And it was interesting. That's I did I've enjoy heard. it. It was interesting. 
And then the revisited podcast, of course, uh, they're on season five, episode 11 of Lost. Kristen and Ben rewatching Lost, going through that revisit. Outside of that, we got the TV podcast industries covering Bad Batch, Picard, and their Last of Us finale up this week as well. So you can go check out all of their coverage and things over there. And then on Wilhelm, friend Ben has an interview with Wole Parks from Yellowstone and Superman and Lois. He's got another great interview up over there. He always, he's always great with the interviews, so you can go check that out. And then on Adrenaline Cinema, uh, Mark had his friend Rob on, and they're talking about the new unsuspected <laughs> unsuspected blockbuster movie, Cocaine Bear. Uh, <laughs> everybody's been talking about it. Maybe we've even been talking about it. I don't know. Maybe we'll let you know in a minute. But yeah, so if you want to hear Mark and Rob's coverage of that, go check that out over on Adrenaline Cinema. But as I was teasing about that, next week, what are we doing over here, Daphne? I think I think <laughs> we might be following suit from Mark. I don't know. Deja vu, right? <laughs> yeah. So when a black bear consumes a significant amount of cocaine, it embarks on a drug-fueled rampage in a Georgia forest. An eclectic group of characters, including cops, criminals, tourists, and teenagers, come together in the forest to confront the crazed animal. The film is directed by Elizabeth Banks and stars Carrie Russell and others. We are going to cover Cocaine Bear. We've been waiting to do this. We have Mm -hmm. a guest on. The person who brought this movie to our attention is going to join us as we talk about all the amazing insanity that is cocaine bear yeah so definitely check that out if you have not seen it watch that wild movie and if you have seen it give us your thoughts we had some great feedback this week i'd love to keep that going uh yeah give you guys that that mission keep keep the feedback coming i'd love to know your thoughts on cocaine bear lots of wild stuff going on in that one so yeah keep the conversation going so much fun i hope it's been out long enough for people to have seen it we know you guys love the movies that we cover here, so we're hoping this is one that you have seen and want to talk about. So that is our next episode. Yay! With that, we've reached the end of another fun episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pete. And if you have to run, you better run for your lives. Bye-bye.